today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We saw another mass shooting in the United States in Colorado and more pressure on the president of that country to deliver on gun control uh, promises. We've had this discussion many times uh, regarding the United States. Is it different this time? Let's bring in Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University, and he is with us now. Elliot, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Oh, thank you, Scott, and and same to you. What a somber topic. It is, and certainly happening far too often. I mean, we've had this these discussions over the years on this show, uh, always thinking that the last event will somehow change things. Uh, thoughts on this latest mass shooting, and does Biden have uh, have uh, the political uh, support to push this through? Polls show that over a very long period of time now. A lot of measures have broad public support, background checks and uh, certain delays, a lot of regulations, but they never get passed, they, or they get passed as they did once uh, under Biden, or, uh, as he will now tell you. I, got, I beat the NRA twice, and I'm going to beat him again, but actually they, those had sunset clauses, so things on assault rifles, uh, it's, it's not looking promising. I think we should just review again that, you know, uh, the U.S. by far and away leads the world in the world in homicides per per one million people, six times the rate approximately that of Canada. We're right next door, and that the U.S. now has more guns than it has people, less than five percent of the world's population, but forty five percent of the privately held firearms. This is this is already in existence. This is not. Um, this is not, oh, if we don't do something, it's going to get out of hand. It certainly appears yeah. to be out of hand. And it appears that when we have these discussions, sales only skyrocket. That's correct. The Second Amendment is such a, has been made into such a sacred principle in American politics. Or to back off slightly, America seems to have lost its can-do attitude. You show us a problem and we'll find a way to fix it. It's become, you know, we can't do it. Uh, the possibility that this time will be different is slim. The, the, the Already, if you uh, follow the dialogue on this, the uh, time is not ripe right now. We have to just grieve. We'll talk and have a debate later. That's a very standard NRA tactic. And the NRA is saying, you know, basically, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people. But we know that regulation matters. We've got... Uh, more than one mass shooting a day in in the United States. Uh, it, it's uh, it's just incredible. But the Biden agenda is now being bumped because he wanted to do great things for America with this $1.9 trillion recovery package. He was going to restore the, the infrastructure, not physical infrastructure, but the support networks that make America great, and then he was going to move on to actual infrastructure. Now he's got migrants surging at the border, and this gun control, gun control issue is coming back. The United States is losing its ability to manage its affairs in a, in a way that makes common sense. How do you explain uh, the NRA, the National Rifle Association's control over this party? How did that happen? The... Uh, What's interesting is, is how weak the NRA is now, but this kind of thing continues. How it happened initially, originally is that they could bring massive 
focused efforts to bear in primaries so that politicians running for office could find themselves in serious difficulty at the primary level and then at the electoral level when the, you know, the election comes if they did not uh, give in to the NRA. The NRA still has that kind of capacity, but they meanwhile have pretty well gone bankrupt. They are mired in controversy over corruption. And despite that, the pull of, you and I have been talking about this, the Trump Party is now the Republican Party, and the Second Amendment is a sacred element of Republican tenets for how America works. The possibility that we're going to get 10 Republicans in the U.S. Senate to back now the two bills that have been sent by the House on gun control, plus now Biden wants to add much stricter control on the kind of weapon that was just used uh, in these in the shooting in uh, Boulder, uh, that it doesn't look promising. So what what are the internal issues within uh, the NRA? The NRA has had uh, <laughs> uh, problems with their leadership being caught out, spending a lot of money in ways which the rank and file does not approve of. The, there's a lot of talk about wasteful spending and self-dealing and living like kings, taking money, dues money to protect America and instead using it on themselves. So there, there's been an internal big debate. What has not gotten much debate was the little-noticed uh, donation, apparently by a Russian oligarch, of $50,000 to the NRA, which then funneled it to the Donald Trump election campaign the first time he ran at a critical time when they were running out of money. So the possibility that they are uh, mired in somehow with some an unpatriotic an unpatriotic activity connected to Russians. And there was a, an attractive young woman who was a gun control advocate and she yep. turned out to be a Russian spy. So the uh, there's just a lot of controversy. But the, the bottom line is, a weakened NRA does not apparently apparently lead to greater possibilities that the Republican Party will now actually back what many polls have shown a majority of NRA supporters would like to do on, on some very simple things like background checks. So uh, why is it that if the NRA is having their own internal issues, uh, the majority of people, even those within a certain amount within the NRA, want these kinds of changes? I can imagine if you're a licensed gun holder and, and you, 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 you take this, you, you take owning a firearm quite seriously and you're sure. responsible for it, the last thing you want is people who are not that way. So how does this not gain momentum considering the death and destruction? It's one of those conundrums of American politics that the yeah. capacity to deal with, we have a problem, now we're going to fix it, let's work together to get it done. That can do um, central trait of American political life over a long period. They've had gridlock in the past and all kinds of dissension, but they the overall ethos of we're the kind of nation that can, we're exceptional. We, we have a way of doing things that will really make us stand out in the world. That seems to be so diminished now due to the hyper-partisan nature of politics in America. Does the discussion and what has happened around COVID-19 
change any of this, or are Americans just divided? We've asked many times if the pandemic will unite people or at least make them a little bit more empathetic. Uh, you talked about the can-do attitude. Well, the vaccine, there's a great example of can-do. Here's a country that went from zero to 100 in lightning speed and is now vaccinating faster than any other country in the world. So there's an example of the can-do attitude can work. Yes, except there's the Republicans have taken this public health issue. This is a good example. They've taken a public health issue and made it into a partisan political issue. If you take a look at vaccine hesitancy, we're not going to wear masks, This and, it, and it's very closely linked. This takes away our freedom, just like any gun regulation takes away our freedom. This has become yeah. so ingrained in the culture wars. The way the Republicans can gain power in America is through culture wars, of course, with voter restrictions and uh, helping along the way and gerrymandering, that it's very difficult then to move from a culture war issue to a practical issue and get a resolution. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, we're hearing uh, more and more about uh, Donald Trump again and possibly gaining access to social media and some new platform and all that sort of thing. Give us a bit of an update on where he is in all of this. Yes, we hear this this uh, story that he may be setting up his own social media network. I'm not so sure that will go ahead. It costs a lot of money, and it may not take off, in which case he's, he's, he's gained an enormous uh, war chest of $30 million at least were put into his let's defend, you know, stop the steal. But that really became just a slush fund for him to use against his legal charges in, in, in any way that he wants. So he's got money, and he certainly there's an appetite for having Donald Trump be the voice of the Republican Party within the Republican Party, or certainly within the base of the party. We'll have to see if that ever does wane. You and I have been talking about this for four or five years now. The possibility does exist that he can play a spoiler role in the upcoming election. This is why I was trying to link it to the, uh, the what we're seeing in front of us now with the migrant issue and the gun control issue bumping Biden off his Rescue America plan, which was his way, among other things, of saying, we are here now to upset history as well, because normally in the midterms of the first term of a president, the party loses power, uh, seats in the House. It's so close now that it looked as if the Democrats were going to lose both the House and very possibly the Senate. Now we have a plan by the Republicans, uh, by the Democrats, to to buck the Republican uh, probability in that regard. And suddenly, all of that's bumped by the culture wars. The, more, the, the greater the culture wars, the better it is, of course, for the Republicans to then come to power in less than two years in the House of Representatives and possibly the Senate. Uh, obviously seeing issues along the southern border in the United States. Um, Donald Trump, I'm guessing, is 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 playing right into this and, and, and saying, I told you so. What does that do for his brand? Well, to continue, uh, we'll move into that. Donald Trump's role in selecting candidates for the midterms may get people nominated who cannot then get elected in the general election in the midterms. So he may be playing a spoiler role there, but th- these are his kinds of issues. This just gun control, and uh, Fox News is now saying America has lost control of its southern border. Not exactly the situation, uh, but these, these very much play into a culture wars Donald Trump Republican Party and may further cement that party in, um, 
in the direction that basically he can do what he wants to do. Does he want to run again? Does he just want to, to uh, get revenge? He, he's keeping his options open, but he's paralyzing the Republican Party. Meanwhile, so uh, that was my next question. Is his ambition here to actually run again? Because I'm still uh, not convinced that America will make that mistake again. Uh, whether, whatever your politics are, just from a, a personality and, and divisive standpoint. So uh, does he does he try to run again or is his ambition just to, to burn on the way out, just to, to divide and conquer and create as much havoc as he can? I think what he's doing is persist, keeping his options open. Uh, yeah. We don't know what he wants to do, what, moreover, what he's able to do. The number of legal cases piling up against him at uh, various levels and of various severity, it, it's really uh, certainly possible that he will be so mired in legal difficulties, if not, you know, actually in jail, it's not impossible, or, or you know, fined and be caught in some kind of criminal behavior or defamation suit. There's so many of these suits that uh, it's not impossible that he will not be eligible to run, even if he wants to. But he's keeping his options open. That party cannot move forward or in a different direction. And we have the uh, interpretation that the people like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz are being totally cynical, Scott. They say, yes, we believe in Donald Trump so much, but actually we don't think he's going to survive, and then we will inherit the Trump party from Trump, who's unable to run or unwilling to run. Nobody actually knows that future, but certainly Donald Trump is the, um, the main issue now for the Republican Party of America. Does Do the Republicans realize that this guy can make or break them? Oh, absolutely. They know it. Uh, but the institutional or governing wing of the Republican Party, the people like Mitch McConnell, who enabled Trump all the way through and then turned on him at the very last moment, uh, that is a very diminished wing of the party. They are very much in retreat. Liz Cheney is going to have a serious uh, challenger, apparently, in the primary against her. The dominant wing, the dominant thread, or the thrust of that party, is very much um, uh, in the Trump direction. The, that's why I was commenting the way I did earlier on the issue of guns and migrants, is that these, these culture wars are a way for the Republican Party, along with the many, many bills going forward right now in 43 Republican states, 250 different kinds of bills, saying, you know, we, we, we think that there was a voting fraud last time, so we have to fix the system, meaning depriving citizens of the right to vote. Yeah. So, is, is this, yeah, that's, that's just a bizarre scenario. Um, is, for these politicians, is this less about the country and more about saving their own rear ends? This is about power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I, again, have had this conversation for a long time. It, it seems to be the Democrats really really want to prove a point. They believe in a principle, and the Republicans really believe in holding power, and they have found a way to do it. They, remember, have lost the popular vote in you know, almost all the recent elections going back. They, they barely have ever won the popular vote, but they win the, the presidency, and often the Senate and, and the House as well, uh, by the kinds of playing on culture wars and taking advantage of uh, voter suppression and gerrymandering keeping in mind that last time, this previous election, they, the Republicans were supposed to lose a lot of state houses. They were supposed to lose a lot of houses um, 
a lot of seats in the House of Representatives, and they didn't. So they are now setting the rules at the state level for how voting will be held in, in, for another decade. This is, this is a party that really understands, let me put it differently, the party knows that it is a receding component in American life because of dem- demographics. Mm. Uh, the country is turning against a party that looks like them. It's a shrinking party because people are leaving that party right now in, dro- in droves, although a lot of them are moving just to be independents. They could come back, but the party is shrinking. So the way to come to power is not to talk about small government and better government. It's to talk about culture wars. Right, right now, gun, gun control and migrants at the border, those are culture war issues that play into their hands. Yeah, big time. Uh, Elliot Tepper has been with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. Elliot, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time. Be well. Uh, th- thank you. And, uh, yes, let's all stay well till we get those vaccinations. I hear you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.